What is up, Internet? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, the podcast where we try to break the echo chamber around self-defense and self-protection. I'm your host, Randy King, speaker on all things proactive skills and owner and operator of 8020 Conflict Management Strategies. This week we have on the show Dag. Dag is a fascinating person. Number one, he's the host of the Fighter's Mind podcast, so he has lots of experience talking to lots of cool people. But Dag has gone through a very interesting transition from a very, very religious place to a a less religious place and he goes over all the areas of that journey we had dag on the devil's advocate podcast go check out his episode but there was so much more i wanted to unpack about his history leaving a very religious background i would say bordering on a cult it's not a cult technically but bordering on and he goes over some of the craziness that was implied when it comes to self-protection in there number one spiritual armor being a major thing that people believed in there's no need to protect yourself because your Lord will protect you. And there were people that very truly believe this. And I found that shocking. He also talks about how he tried to navigate those two worldviews, right? He wanted to be deeply pious, but also he wanted to protect himself and his family and how those two thought processes, they clashed. And he talks about how he had to bridge those two things, which I, again, found fascinating. He also talks about his experiences leaving religion and some of the bad things and the good things that happened in that space, which then led to his Patreon story. Of course, as always, patreon.com slash Randy King Live for extra content, the one up. In the Patreon story, this is one of the first stories where somebody actually said they were the bad guy in the story. So Dad goes over a story where he was not great and how his leaving religion made him swing very far in other directions. So I loved how honest he was, how open he was to all the questions that I asked. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And don't forget, if you're looking for a speaker to talk on proactive self-protection skills or someone to come into your workplace and help train your staff on the realities of workplace violence, don't forget to get a hold of us at 8020cms.com. Now let's get on to the show. What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, my new self-defense podcast where we talk to people who have experienced violence in multiple different ways, not just self-defense instructors. We're trying to break the echo chamber of self-defense podcasts where it's just experts talking to experts, and we're trying to talk to people who actually have a little bit more real-world experience. Today, I am very excited to be interviewing my friend Dag because Dag has a crazy tale that we touched on in a bonus piece of content for The Devil's Advocate. Came on for the debate. But the story after was way more important. So I'm really excited we can do an interview style show with him. So let's welcome to the show, Dag, everybody. Thank you so much. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah, thrilled to be here. I'm I'm I was a bit surprised that I was asked for a second show. Like that's like the first time this happened. So yeah. I'm well, I'm honored. Well, humble, humble. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's your story is so interesting and compelling. And I think people need to know more about this, especially with certain things that happened in the United States recently. So first off, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, um, my name's Dag, Dog, whatever, not dog. Somebody's <laughs> called me Doug once, but I live in the southern part of Norway. I'm 34. I will turn 35 this year. I'm a father of a daughter. She's five and a half almost. Yeah, so I'm teaching her some self-defense, 
some she's a mixed Norwegian Filipino so I'm Filipina so I'm teaching her some of her stuff some Filipino martial arts oh that's yeah, awesome some hubba. yeah she needs to learn how to protect herself that's important for me if I can be the protector she needs to be able to protect herself so 100 um yeah and besides that I'm got a full-time job and then I'm I just started my psychology studies this year in January so I'm first I'm done with the first semester nice and uh, this yeah so it's and uh, I'm working on some anti-bullying stuff as well yeah that's awesome and you also hosted a podcast called the fighter's mind yeah right? yeah that's that's right uh I, I do that well, I, I put it on hold for now because right. I got to work on some. I uh, have to work on some other, some other stuff. So yeah, I'm getting feels I'm making the words, but I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. worries. So Dag, the question we ask everybody first is, what is your definition of self defense? Ooh, well, since I have a pretty interesting background from church. Yes, we will talk about that. For yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> well, well, for me, it's important that I can take care of myself. At first, more or less. Yeah. Right. So this next part of the show, we always ask, what do you wish people knew more about? But I really want to dive into your your church experience. So we first got a hold of each other because me and Rory were doing a tour and you wanted to bring us on the show. And we did a show together, which was awesome. We had a great time, became fast friends yeah. after it. And <laughs> you, you had a... You have a story that's your self-defense journey, I think is different than a lot of people's. And I think it's very poignant to what is happening in the world right now, which is, mm. you know, church and state kind of bleeding over. So watch the listeners a little bit about, um, you know, how you came out of this church situation and came <laughs> into a self-defense mindset. Because if I remember correctly, self-defense was not a priority when you were uh, in church. Yeah, that's right. So when I was, oh my God, I'm using the word, oh my God, now in another way that I used it before. Right. So, so I've changed my whole vocabulary. Well, I was a part of a church for 20 years. So I'm celebrating a three years anniversary, breaking out of it this year. Woo! Yeah, woo. it's been, that's been some of a journey. And after I left the church, I could finally be myself and think clearly about myself and if I'm ever in a situation where I need to protect myself, I can't rely on higher forces or a God. So the, the thing with being a Christian and having the mindset of that and mixing it with self-defense and the reality, it was it was different because I think I was more like hypersensitivity alert, always color, I don't know, orange, red, almost like jumpy. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's for weird. the listeners yeah. at home, uh, there is a list of things called Cooper's Color Codes. Because the point of this mm. podcast is more of an entry-level podcast for people getting into self-defense. So yeah. Cooper's Color Codes state there's different mm. levels of awareness, and he assigns a color to them. White being totally chill at home, yellow being slightly aware, which is where people should be normally. Then it goes orange and red. So what Dag is saying is because of his experiences, he was living in a higher, more paranoid state. Yes. Yeah. So being more paranoid because is there danger next uh, like around next corner? Will God protect me? And that was like, right. And the the two parts couldn't quite merge together because that was wrong. Okay, wrong. I would say wrong, and it it made everything difficult because that I, I was supposed to believe in God that He will protect me, whatever, true, whatever. And I heard stories about people getting getting shot, and but they survived. The bullets were like falling off them. Right. And yeah, it's some hobo mumbo jumbo from Africa <laughs> where she loved this sure. crazy stuff. Yeah. And 
And I've heard, I even heard a preacher from this, the town I was in, the town I was born in and raised. There's a big like international missions organization. And the preacher, when he was in his teens, he was, some guy was gonna, he wanted to punch him. But then he said that like, God came from above and smacked him with his hand. And the guy fell. And people believe in that. <laughs> it's like... That- that is <clears throat> that is wild to me. People's belief structures are always interesting. So would you say effectively that the the stance your church took, first of all, what denomination were you in? Pentecostal. Pentecostal. So typical, like uh, Hillsong and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you were in a Pentecostal church and the, yeah. the general rule of the church was outsource your safety to God. So you don't yeah. need to worry about self-defense yourself. God will take care of you. And you were filled with stories of bullets falling off and God striking people down from the heavens. Yeah. People being protected from this and that. And yeah. So I was being like kind of jumpy, unsecure because of, I, I was, I started training some martial arts when I was a teenager. And then I moved around to Denmark and, but still I was also part of the church and, and even people, they didn't like, how to say being physical in church, like, Right. I think it's a, it's okay for the the man uh, for the husband to punish her wife his wife I mean like that's totally okay but when it comes to protecting like I even asked my friends like hey want to like can teach you some self defense what if what if and they were like well God will he will make sure that I can punch a guy from out of nowhere that's that's so. It's interesting. It's so, and I don't want to pigeonhole just Christianity with this. This this mm. kind of thinking occurs in almost all cultures. You mentioned your daughter is Filipina, half Filipino. Yeah. There is a concept of anting anting, which is tattoos that would magically protect you from blades and sticks and swords. So this isn't mm. a purely Pentecostal view, but you felt it was very enforced. How did the church respond to you training in self-defense and martial arts? Were they upset? Uh, was it okay? It was frowned upon. Really? So I had um, my exes. They were all like the first girlfriend I had. She she didn't bother because I wasn't, but then I wasn't trained much. But then I, the other ones I had, they were more like, oh, you shouldn't do this because it's not good. It's not, it's bad for you. You should leave. You should stop. Like they didn't want to train it. And even church, like uh, my good bandmate for years, she told me, you're being so violent, dog. Why, why are you so violent? And right. Yeah, so you, you could, you, like, bros, they punch each other in the stomach for just in front, but when I did this, he started, he was like, why are you being so violent? Like, where does this violence come from? And so, as I mentioned, the girlfriends I had, sounds like I've had a lot, but anyways, they said, like, you should stop doing that because it will, it's not good for you, it's bad for you. So, did they believe it was bad for you, like, spiritually or mentally? Yes, or- <clears throat> spiritually, spiritually. And I also felt that, like, since I was learning the self-defense system to Tim Larkin's book. So it made me more like a jumpy guy and unsecure. And and I couldn't quite, I was working as a bouncer and I couldn't quite cope with this like spiritual, like Jesus and all that stuff. And looking after myself, like what would happen if I went in a situation? That must be very hard for you to rectify yeah. being a bouncer and like seeing, like seeing with your own eyes, the violence that's happening, because no matter what, there's going to be people punching each other when they're drinking, that just happens. So yeah. with the, the change in like what you believe and what you're mm-hmm. seeing, were obviously very different things. And you're hearing things from like Larkin, for example. Now Larkin would be the other side of the fence. I would say from like your, the Pentecostal church sounds like outsource your safety to Jesus. Yeah. And Larkin's like, everybody's going to kill you. Learn how to kill faster. Right. So yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of a yin yang situation. There. Oh, very. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Um. What What I did before uh, I was working, I was living in Trondheim. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of the four, third or fourth biggest cities. The second, uh, well, it's, I think it's the third largest city in Norway. Okay. And I was working as a bouncer uh, out like outside. So what I did, I was listening to his book while I went to work. Oh. And then I was praying, oh no, <laughs> and then I was praying to God or keep my mind sound and blah, 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 and protect me. And I was like, and I felt even more scared because like, what am I going to do if I end up in a situation? Because right. like, yeah, I, I trained martial arts so I can handle myself. That was the thought I had thought I had and and then I believe that God he will protect me through all this and I was like yeah some weird shit <laughs> yeah it's 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 definitely it's a, it's a different worldview for sure with the with you working as a bouncer in security how did the church respond to that were they okay with you working in security but not okay with using physical violence mm, well my ex she wasn't okay with it like right not at all but like nothing was okay so it's yeah and I, and I, of course I was being safe in like per se like working in a shopping mall but of course there could be some guys with needles and stuff and i would swear to my bulletproof vest and all that stuff and still i would believe that god would protect me no matter what so this was drilled into you pretty young because you said you were in the church for how long 20 years from i was about 12 from 12 years old to 20 to 32 yeah, 32. So that was to, yeah. And this is during your formative years. So this is when your brain is, you know, the, the neocortex, the frontal lobe doesn't really finish forming yeah. until 23 to 26. So yeah. you're, you're in this environment where violence is, well, according to the church, and I want to get into that a little bit, is wrong, <laughs> right? It's, is yeah. it very turning the other cheek? Was that kind of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. turning the other cheek, no matter what. And I, I don't know if they had this, like, it was a documentary called Fight Church. We had pastors fighting in the rain. Fight Church? Yeah, the, how have it I not a... seen this fight church? Okay, sorry, keep well, going. I want to watch this now. I can do a recording of it. I have done it's impossible to buy now because they took it off, but right. I'll see if I'll fi- I can fix it for you. But it's if can you can send me fight church, that would be my favorite. That'd be my favorite day. I would just watch fight church, anyways. Keep going. So, there's this thing, yeah, called so, fight church. so yeah, so uh, and then like when I saw this one, I started, I was like, hey, I need to. I like this and I reached out to the guys and I became friends with the guys because I said like, hey, I want to start this stuff in Norway. I want to create my own fight church. Right. I was at this point and, and that was wrong as well because you have the masculinity. And once I started to, I did a discussion on my wall, Facebook wall a year ago, I think it was 2000, oh my God, 16, 17. And, I, and a lot of the, the people from my church, they were all like, what's wrong with you, Doug? Why are you being so toxic? Like, right. so it was frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. You were saying earlier that it was okay for, not okay, but less frowned upon to discipline, quote unquote, your wife than it was mm-hmm. if you learn how to defend yourself against another human being. Yeah, yes. so turn your other cheek. Yeah, that's, that was what it told us. So you get this when you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, when I was a bit like adult, but Marshall, well, maybe I was around 19, well, 20 i went to bible college when i was 18 but but like in the like early adulthood i would say yeah so in early adulthood you got really deep into it is what you're saying yeah martial arts or church well yeah after i went to bible college uh yeah everything started to go wrong like uh depression and so on but that's another story right well that's kind of what i wanted to get to next is like how hard was it for you to bring these two worlds together in your head because there's it sounds like there was no place 
where you were doing the right thing, right? So in one of the places you were, you know, you were learning how to use the tool of uh, force, aka violence to protect yourself in a situation. And obviously righteously, you weren't looking to pick fights. You weren't looking to bully anybody. So here you're learning this, but in your head, you're hearing turn the other cheek, this is wrong. And then you're in church and then you're like, okay, this, they're saying this thing, but I've seen, or I've done something different. How hard was it for you to navigate that? You mentioned some depression. Was that because of this? And that was like, because my bringing up and stuff but it was like the depression finally took off three years ago well depression all this like struggle because there was a lot of struggle going on inside my head and i like was thinking like it's the devil who's trying to torment me and i haven't been a good enough christian i haven't paid enough tithings and offerings and so on and then i turned martial arts on top of it so it's like learning to protect myself and i got more into it like but it was it was very difficult yeah why do you think the church was so against you learning how to protect yourself i think it was more like like my my ex-girlfriends and they said like you shouldn't do this you should study your bible more and you should leave this martial stuff and blah 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 and even going to church, like if i mention something about self-defense courses telling my friends they should learn to protect themselves and ask them what are you going to do if what if somebody breaks into your house right. we're just going to stand there and they're more like oh that's never going to happen because god protects me and all of the guys like i know they're like there's even guys who are but they they love to watch action movies score movies like with lots of violence that's okay when somebody's getting beaten up by a hammer or some yeah like that's okay with all that stuff but when it comes to like safety personal safety personal protection it's not okay uh, and i don't know why so I want to be very clear then. So you were feeling more of the pressure from the community, not necessarily from the elders of the church and the people in charge. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. community of people. So the church wasn't against you training. It was the people that went to the church that said you shouldn't be doing this. Like in general, like, well, they knew that I was into martial arts, but none really bothered to say anything because they were like shaking their heads and like, so the right. community was, yeah, tough, a tough one. Yeah. So it was the, the people who were in charge didn't really approve of it, but then this kind of shook their heads and let you do your thing. But you found that the people, the support structure you had, the thing that's supposed to keep you the safest, they yeah. were very against it. So they thought that this training was toxic. They thought it was violent. They thought it was making you a yeah. bad person. Was there anything else that they were against for this? Like, was it, why, why training? Why is this the thing that was toxic? Why was it evil? Because you were learned, because you were turning away from God or was it because yeah. you didn't believe in the power of him or like, what was the, what was the real issue? Like, I don't, I, you're, you seem like a very chill dude. I don't think it was a, a personality thing. Right. So what was the friction? Yeah. I think it was, well, I've, I've always been into like Eastern philosophy and all this. Oh, and, okay. And, and then they call this, um, I remember I had some, when I was a young kid, I was listening to some soundtrack from uh, Romeo must die. And then I had some nightmare and then somebody said like, maybe you should listen to some, I'm not quite sure, but I think they said you should listen to some godly music instead before you fall asleep. And that was, I believe that it was like the devil, yeah, devil or whatever. And they call, you should not have, like the Ten Commandments, like one of the first commandments is like, you should, like God is the only God, you shouldn't have any other God. So, and they call it, I'm, I'm not sure for the English word of it, but it's right. like, um, not the right God. Right. I'm not sure about the correct translation of it so they didn't like the because there it's, it's very hard to escape the <laughs> eastern philosophy when it comes to martial arts especially if you're taking a traditional art there's going to be eastern stuff there's going to be tao symbols there's going to be right japanese zen there's it's just going to happen you're going to meditate etc so that was some yeah. of the issues that they had was the the philosophy of the art not just the physical part yeah so like well they didn't 
they're talking a lot in church about like God will protect us and from this and that and from everything. And it's so that's what that was what like because it's been it had been instilled in my mind and that was like affecting me whenever I was doing something that I enjoy like with martial arts so self protection protect myself and so I, I was I was very insecure because of all of this because of the church stuff uh, and then it's so important to protect myself and now I have a daughter it's even more important that I can teach her to protect herself right it's just yeah. wild to me that they would like outsource that protection to uh, the deity right it's just like I said it, it exists in all cultures it isn't uniquely Christian but it is an issue because what happens when these people are attacked if something happens right maybe it won't may, most of them are going to go through their whole lives with nothing happening yeah. but <laughs> if something does happen like you said what can they do right if their daughter's attacked things are changing the world is shifting you just had your first um attack on your country's soil right yeah from an extremist uh, last week um yeah and some of my colleagues were supposed to go to to the, to the pub where it happened right and then they had they had a, an acquaintance and i asked my uncle are you okay after because he maybe uh, he used like he's in this like i don't know what you call it like that's his thing he, he loves to be in this kind of bars but okay he's yeah he's a he's a gay but i love my uncle and like right of course. So I just asked him, are you okay? And I told my sister, I'm in Oslo. I've been working at this festival, but I'm okay. So you don't worry. So, right. yeah. But like, still, and people say like, oh, good thing I'm not a gay or like blah, 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 because God protects me. That's like, in whatever, like God will protect me. And that, that was what I believe. And so there's three, so we, this, this is kind of falling onto victim blaming a little bit. And there's like three, I say there's three different areas of victim blaming. So victim blaming one is the world is just and people get what they deserve. That sounds like what these people are saying, right? Is yeah, oh, they yeah. would have followed the yeah. Bible. If they would have done this, then they wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have got hurt because God would have protected them. Yeah, there, there's, uh, do you remember the incident on this island, Utøya, uh, 2011, the guy who went nuts with a machine gun? No, tell me about that. There was this crazy guy. He had some ideological christian value stuff and he went on this island where there were a lot of teenagers uh, political first he did yeah the bombings in oslo and then he went to the island and right. there, there was a there was a right after this incident there was a pastor from the area where, where i was living in he said like well this is god's uh way of judging what happened like that's it's god it was god who did this for real yeah he said and and yeah so pretty they yeah, very <laughs> much believe in the Old Testament vengeful God, not the New Testament kind of chill God. They're, this guy is like pillars of salt, raining fire. He's going to send gunmen to kill people. They don't follow the proper yeah. path. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that was a fear tactic to keep people engaged in the church? Maybe. Well, I would say that he got some highly mental like issues. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. I, the, I mean, the pastor that was saying this is god's judgment you think that's a fear yeah, tactic? And, yeah it made to, to the like the local newspapers and some of the christian newspapers as well it's wild so dag what was the what was the final straw what made you leave this church all of this like lies and bullshit and to see how the people really are when it comes to because i moved away and then uh the way that people are like talking behind my back and i know and and i know they are and because and i ask them some of my I was in a like a Christian rock band, and and it's like mm, people didn't reach out to me, and and they knew I was going through some hard times when my ex, the mother of my daughter, when she left me, and and I had to say like, 
I knew that they were talking bad about me. And they mm-hmm. were like, say, they're like, double, we need to stay, like, not stay away from him. But yeah, the final straw were like to see the people, re- like the people's real intense and the way they're treating people in general. And also I, I had enough of this, like some, what is it called? Exorcism stuff. It's okay. Like, yeah, because of like mental issues. And s- there are some people they want to like exorcise, like, do this exorcism stuff on me and I was like right. hell no I'm I had enough of this yeah so they yeah. thought because you were thinking a little bit differently or you had some like depression issues that yeah that you needed yeah. that was a that was a physical demon they needed to exercise yeah from. <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah so it, it was like in general I was like all the lies and too much judgmental fucking and sin and stuff and just to see the people and even that people don't want you to learn how to protect themselves because like it was such a, an important part of me I want to like help people like teach health defense to some of the church guys and so on. So it's like a big ball of mix with all this stuff that was the final draw for me. How hard was it on you to leave that community? So we talk about self-defense and we say, especially me, I say the boundaries and community are the two most important things. And then everything else kind of comes secondary. How, how difficult was it to leave that support structure, that community? Because like you said, you went from in the group to out of the group. They clearly yeah. have a very strong in-group versus out-of-group. In-group is protected by God. Everybody else is being judged by God. Yeah. So when you moved to this out-group, you mentioned they were talking behind your back. Obviously, there it was hard to keep those ties. When you jumped, did you have another support structure to jump to, or did you just go out on your own? Well, to quote Fleetwood Mac, right. you can go your own way. So that was like, yeah. So I went my own way, and it, it was difficult as hell. And then... I remember when I when I told my psychologist, he would like he fell out of his chair and said like, "Finally, I've been mean to tell it like you should leave the church because it's only breaking you." Right. So so I yes, and I have a small like like a small support pillar to lean on. It's not that big, but it's it's solid and it's yeah real. Yeah. That's amazing. If you don't mind, could you share some of the biggest challenges of leaving the church? Because this really why I wanted to talk to you about this is. You're not the only person experiencing this and you've got through it successfully. And a lot of people don't. So do you have any tips maybe to tell the listeners if they are thinking about leaving a place that's not helping them grow, what they could do to make the transition easier? They can reach out to me and I will like talk with them. Sure. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's then get out and like go out get a final bar or something to just like live it off and I, I i was like i spent like months after i left the church like living life and catching up with my like being 18 you can buy alcohol being right. 20 years old you can buy alcohol but i wouldn't say like do it all the time but like just live your life go out to dance and but finding someone if especially if it's if it's like for me the church that was like my family and my other family like i had to they told me to stay away from him so that was like but that's another story as well but leaving it's it's difficult it, it will be difficult of course it will take time for sure because i've had some points where i was thinking do i want to go back to church and i was like hell no i'm not going back at all right so yeah to what's it called like to relapse yeah you will have yeah, it's, I think it's going to relapse. Yeah, interesting. Calling it a calling it a relapse. Going back to church as a relapse is a, a phrase I've never yeah. heard before, but yeah. it makes total sense. Yeah. So you you kind of went through almost like a rumspringer, like the Amish do, right? Where they let their kids go away for a year and they can live up their life. I don't know if you know about yeah. this tradition. It's maybe yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah. 
Right, yeah, but they get one year Rumspringer where they get to go and do all the things they should do. And then if they yeah. want to come back, then they come back. If they don't, they don't. And so you kind of did your own Rumspringer. You kind of just went out and lived life. Did that, did the on and off switch from super pious to party boy, did that put you in some situations you didn't think you were going to be in? Did that like, was it yeah. a little dangerous? Like what happened? Did you overindulge? Did you make some mistakes? Oh my God, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wasted all like I was supposed to save some money, but I spent it all on my like therapy drinking. And and the first, yeah, the first few nights of well, the few first weeks or weekends when I went out like every weekend, I was talking a lot about this and like I was crying and like and that made it but I've learned from my mistakes as like now I can do mistakes and so but I, I've been thinking about like uh, I went on this clubhouse was last year. There was just like this new thing during lockdown, the clubhouse where live podcast stuff. Right. So I was talking about a bit, a bit about this and I've been thinking about like setting up some support group for those, like make a manual, like a welcome gift when you leave church. Like this is what you can, you should do. This is what you should try to do. And but of course, within reasons, of course, if, if the church has been the whole life for you, of course it's difficult. But for me, it was, it was I continue to be a slave or, being in a prison to quote one of my good friends and told me like this friend when he told me I like you better now as a non-Christian than when you when you were a Christian. I already see the hate comments on this video. So to to get ahead of those a little bit, not saying that all Christianity is bad. It's just this this church mm. for sure had some red flags. My daughter just got confirmed. She's Lutheran, apparently. I don't, mm. I'm not religious at all. But uh her mom is a little bit there Lutheran. My daughter decided that she wanted to do that journey. And I think there is some good stuff in in the Christianity that gives good ethics of and course. morals, etc. Of course. What do you think are the biggest red flags? So let's say somebody joins a group because I don't even know if all Pentecostal churches are bad, but definitely the one you were at was a problem. Yeah. So what are some yeah. of the red flags that people should look out for when they're when they're in these groups, like controlling language or signs from a pastor, or is there anything you could think of? that people could look for maybe when they're searching out a spiritual path? I would not recommend to mention that, like, well, I was watching porn. So right. whenever I, I had sinned, I went to my pastors and they said, like, well, this is not good. For, like, and the judgmental cap is on and and they're dragging you down even further and further. And, like, they're more, like, pulling you down. So I think that's, like, if you watch porn, they just keep on doing it. Don't mention, don't, well, I'm saying that's good. There's. But like, that's, I don't know what to say, but I wouldn't, if the, I would not share the whole life because they can find a way to like say that we're going to pray for you. So when we pray for you, everything will be okay. They have some manipulative ways to, yeah. So pay attention to that. And I think there's this, it's a hard line to walk between being individualistic and being communal. Right. So mm. like what is good for you might not be good for the group and what do you do that's good for the group and what do you do that's good for yourself. And that's such a hard line to walk. And I think it, it sounds like to me, and obviously correct if I'm wrong, it sounds like to me they wanted you to squish your individuality and just be a communal person. They didn't want you to have any independent thoughts or actions. They just wanted you to be a cohesive part of the group. Yeah, precisely. So I, I was, I'm a, I'm a guitar player. I, I was only important whenever whenever i was playing under like uh church days the sundays and wherever whenever i wasn't playing it was more like oh we miss you dog it's so good like when you're here playing but besides that so that was all, like that was one of the main reasons why i left because I'm, i don't want to be pushed into anything i don't want to be 
misused right yeah that's yeah so like that's if you're being if like that's uh, another like a red flag to be on lookout if they're they're making you feel bad so it's like a manipulative uh, narcissistic way of saying things mm-hmm. like, it's like your problem while you're not here playing with us like why should we bother it's your fault right like, blame, yeah so lots of guilt. That's a very traditional way to yeah, a guilt. I mean, a, guilt, a, 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 right? guilt. Yeah, yeah, precisely guilt. Yeah. So you said you said you were almost out of time. So you said you were thinking uh, about like creating some resources and a manual on things to look for. What would be the most important thing? What is the most important thing you would put in that manual? I, I would say like I would put like something your brave. You, you did it. You like like that's right. a statement. Like you did. It. You should be proud of yourself because you did it. Because right. leaving is difficult. Because you have this. A typical thing, maybe in Norway, I don't know, or wherever you have people being, they drink too much and then they like, they find Jesus, but like I went the other way. So I left, <laughs> I had Jesus and then I found alcohol. So like, right. But you found a happy medium now in between. The yeah. Two like, like, yeah. Right? yeah you're in yeah, school, you're doing well, you see your yeah, daughter. Yeah. So if it, if it hadn't been for me leaving, I would, I wouldn't have it as it is today. Yeah. Right. And you're happier. That's, you believe you're happier now than you would have been. If yeah, uh, yeah, I am. I am. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Dag, thank you so much for sharing this. I think it's super important because like I said, I'm not saying everybody should leave organized religion. I'm saying that some of them might not be in your best interest and you should know this. Mm. So we'll follow up with you if you do create this manual, if you do have a thing. And like Dag said, if you want to reach out, he can chat with you about this. Other than that, I think that's it for this episode. We're going to jump over to the one up, which is the story that you tell that makes you the coolest person at the table or a life lesson you want to share with people. We're going to get that in a second that'll be on patreon.com slash randy king live five dollar level check that out all the content is there as well as every other podcast i've ever done is on that as well so you can check all that out if you're missing old formats dag how can the people get a hold of you they can find me through my podcast fire mindset fire mindset podcast Right, check that out he had Instagram, me on yeah. which makes it official it's a real podcast yeah. now that i've been yeah. on it i'm yeah. just kidding 80 so, episodes <laughs> yeah 80 right yeah that's so yeah. many episodes who have you had on the show other than oh my richard dimitri of course tim larkin awesome awesome mark mark young McYoung. yeah yeah but uh, tim uh some cool and reaching guys yeah that's awesome so it'd be a great if you want to expand your knowledge like there isn't just eight people teaching self-defense that all are white dudes. Like it looks like that on the internet. It's like Blauer, Larkin, Richard, Rory, me. Like it's all these just like white dudes. There's tons of yeah. people teaching stuff as you've heard on this podcast. Episode one of my podcast, we had an amazing firearms instructor on who had a very different take on self-defense. So you guys should all mm. check that out. Thank you so much, Dag, for your time. We're going to jump over to Patreon. Don't forget to do all the internet things. Like, share, subscribe, leave a review. If you could leave a review, that does so much to populate this podcast. So jump onto wherever you listen to us, leave a review. That's going to help more listeners get to the show. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week.